What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am one of your hosts, John, and with me as always is Daniel Terry. How are you doing on this evening? I am doing great, man. I haven't found any ants on the floor or uh, on my tables or stinging my children or anything like that. So, yeah, I'd say all in all, uh, it's a win. Um, obviously that is a reference to the live cast we did with the guys in Lightworker, um, where Dan's children were getting eaten by, <laughs> by uh, some fire ants or whatever. So, uh, if you, uh, check that out, then obviously you're very aware of that inside joke, uh, from that live cast. Otherwise, uh, we'll be posting the audio of that this, uh, upcoming Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, there's that. But more to the point, the whole reason you're actually here is because of our guest, Michael Stani of Dark Tranquility, whose upcoming record moment comes out November 20th via Century Media Records. If you listen to that uh, livecast we did with the Lightworker guys, you know that this is Dan's top five record of the year already, and it's not even out, so that should definitely tell you how great of a record it is. Uh, For me, it definitely kind of harkens back to kind of all eras of the band. Kind of has a little bit of that fiction sound, a little bit of the stuff from when they, you know, first came out to just kind of the really great production the band has kind of uh, had on the last couple of records as well um yeah i mean (laughs) i really don't know what else to say i mean dan kind of said a lot of those things uh on our live cast so you know i'm gonna let dan take over what did you think of the record yeah it's um it's a really safe record for them uh in the sense that if you like the band from any era you're gonna love this um i think this record sounds like it could be sandwiched between uh character and fiction uh because it does it is it's a slight boost in the heaviness department whereas their previous record was uh a little bit more electronic a little bit more sci-fi a little less a uh, little less riff heavy uh whereas this one we're, we're we're back to the melodic death metal riff machine that is dark tranquility which is funny because the uh the, the machine operator has changed uh <laughs> <laughs> since then uh but i i definitely think that this is going to be i don't think it's going to set the world on fire necessarily but there is something really nice of living in these uncertain times to have a little bit of consistency of yeah but dark tranquility has a new record and it's awesome and it's it's everything that i like about the band and it's consistent yeah you know it was kind of interesting actually when talking to him about the idea of you know what does the shift kind of in sound or in some of the lyrical themes and so forth kind of represent and you know was it kind of something you set out to do or was it more just it happened and uh i know that sometimes a question like that might be kind of obvious but you know sometimes if you don't ask you know you you sometimes miss out on some really interesting uh thoughts uh from the artists themselves as to the creative process basically and what i like about it um, is that his his sentiments were about where I thought he would go with it, and it's just like, I just do what I do, you know? I think sometimes people think that, like, they're, they're supposed to be some grand, um, grand scheme or so, some sort of, like, message that you're pushing or, or, or something like that, and I feel like the environment over there is just like, you know, I'm in a band, and... I wrote some new songs. I hope you guys like them. You know what I mean? It's not a, there's not always necessarily like a specific reason in the traditional sense uh, as to why um, maybe they made a, a certain musical choice beyond, I don't know. I just decided to try that, you know, whereas, whereas like it, it, American bands tend to be very much like, well, we decided to go in a more melodic direction in order to widen our audience or um, we decided nobody actually outright says that if you're going to widen your audience, the best thing you can do is tell everybody it's going to be the most brutal, sick record you've ever put out, and then like it's all clean vocals. Uh, but like the, uh, although I have heard some pretty heavy records that have just clean vocals, so you know can't discount that. 
Um, but I do think that I, I do think that it was really refreshing getting his take on a lot of things. Uh, the in flames question was uh, very, very, very good. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, how about we touch on that uh, on the other side of this? And, uh, you know, once the interview's done, um, you know, actually something that's been kind of cool is now that we're kind of caught up and able to put out uh, episodes that are, are pretty current, uh, as of when you're hearing this, this interview was only done like two weeks ago. Um, you know, something that's been, been kind of rocking the world uh, in music and metal and so forth lately has been uh, the death of Eddie Van Halen. Um, you know, I grew up on a lot of Van Halen, Van Hagar especially, my dad being a big Montrose fan and a big Sammy Hagar fan as well. Um, so it was kind of a shock to, to see Eddie, you know, to hear the news that he passed away, but um, I guess we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's been, you know, no secret that he's been battling with cancer, uh, tongue and throat cancer, I believe. And uh, obviously, if you know anything about the human body, your ears, nose and throat and the brain and all that stuff are so interconnected uh, that it's kind of seemed like it was just a matter of time before this inevitably happened. Um, I don't really know if Dan has has much uh, connection to Van Halen or or anything like that, but uh, just thought maybe, you know, we should bring it up. Uh, and just kind of speak on it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I I can't say that I'm just like the biggest Van Halen fan, but I also, um, it's more out of ignorance than it is any type of like, oh, I don't like this, you know, or, or something like that. It, it's more of just like that, that sort of music was never really my jam, the super guitar shreddy uh, stuff. But at the same time, half the music that I do like and listen to on a daily basis probably wouldn't exist on the same level that it does uh because of Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. I, I think the thing that's been interesting to see a lot of people talking about is just not only did Eddie change the game with his playing, you know, the finger tapping and so on and so forth, but, you know, he even got into the, the gear game. I mean, I have an EVH uh, 5150 that I just got, and, you know, obviously some of the stuff he did with Kramer and other guitar brands, um, you know, dude just had a, a long-lasting impact on the rock and metal world that'll be forever felt. Um, speaking of forever felt, holy shit. Did you hear that new ginger song? Did you see the video for it? Yeah, I did. Uh, I might catch a little bit of heat for saying this, uh, but am I the only one that kind of got some strong nineties Gwen Stefani, no doubt, uh, vibes off of that video? I felt like I was watching a video on MTV in like 1998, you know, during, during like, you know, all right, it's 11 o'clock. So we're going to start playing the heavy stuff now. You know, like it, it definitely, definitely harkened back to that. Um, obviously, except for the, you know, if I'd have seen music that heavy back in 1998, I'd have been like, what? You know, but yeah, she does, she does have, um, kind of a, uh, a Gwen Stefani, uh, approach on that song. It's, it's cool. I, I really, it was really cool and it was a throwback, but then I was kind of like, is it a throwback or do they just really know how to party? You know, like it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where, um, I, I felt not old for the you know few minutes of, of watching the video yeah i think the thing for me was just i mean god damn even the mix on that that video version was just so fucking good um and i mean i know it's on youtube so i mean take that for what it is but i just was surprised at how well the mix was on it and just uh seeing people kind of beat the shit out of each other uh which is something we haven't been able to do it you know it just kind of had me really uh just had me really missing being able to go to a show. Yeah, and I think uh, I think 
people people that were commenting on the video even uh were getting downright emotional like in the like god i haven't been to a show in such a long time and this just uh this is rough you know um there's there's tons of local bands that probably play shows that are very um aesthetically similar to what we saw in the video and unfortunately we just can't do that right now and it sucks yeah i mean god that's the understatement of the year you know just this whole year has really just been a fucking shit show as far as things we can do and and all that kind of stuff and then you know you see stuff like this from you know foreign bands um i i'm trying to think are they from oh god where is this band from i'm totally blanking are they are they from the ukraine or somewhere else oh god i know we could look this up (laughs) yeah they're in ukraine um and I, yeah, it is it is a little disappointing uh, for us over here in America because unfortunately, um, the observation that I will make, and this might be a little controversial, um, but we could use some clicks. Uh, so I think that like the biggest problem that we're having in America is everybody not being on the same page about what this virus is, how we're supposed to handle it, you know. Um, and so you have this mix of people that are taking it super seriously, and then people that aren't taking it seriously at all, and. And um, unfortunately, this is a situation where we can't necessarily just agree to disagree because it doesn't just affect you, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I think that that's the biggest thing that people are having trouble hammering through their brains here in the U.S. is because, you know, the problem is, is the virus will go away in a certain region for, a, a, you know, start declining. And then everybody's like, oh, cool, everything's back to normal. And then it goes back to normal and then it spikes again. You know, uh, because it, things weren't necessarily going back to normal. Everybody just decided to take it seriously that week. And then the next week, it's like, well, well whatever. <laughs> I think that's the problem with, you know, us being here in the States is, you know, we have not only the president who dictates what happens, but then you have all the people in different levels of power in offices and so forth in our local governments and so forth. And so we don't have anything consistent unilaterally across the board. It's all how each state wants to kind of handle their own thing. And I think, you know, in this situation, it really sucks. And I mean, and then you look at the fucking president who gets this shit after basically denying its severity and all this kind of stuff. But as soon as that motherfucker got it, he beelined right to a fucking hospital and, you know, got a cure, I guess, apparently. And then is basically using that in his campaigns to get reelected to be like, well, now we're all in the fight together. It's like, no, motherfucker, that's not. No, like that is we are not the same. Like, we don't have that opportunity like you did. Like, come on, man, get fucked. Well, not only that, but dude got a uh dude got a, a this special cocktail of, of experimental drugs for it and then comes back three days later telling everybody it's quote not that bad like you're gonna tell somebody it's not that bad when you know people have had family members that are the same age of him literally die from the virus but yeah it's not that bad i mean for fuck's sake it almost took out chuck billion didn't he already survive like leukemia or whatever yeah and that dude's a metal god you know he survived a lot yeah chuck's chuck's had a chuck's had some problems but he always bounces back from him but that's that's the whole thing too is you know who are you gonna believe you're gonna believe chuck billy who's gonna tell you straight up like dude this was one of the worst experiences of my life and then you've got this you know dude that's like super pampered and the thing that blew my mind about the whole thing and i can't believe we're getting political but we're in this now so you know i feel like we've got a little bit of fill that remains in us um but uh, I, I just think that like I just think that it is really 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 disappointing. So like this is this is something I get into all the time. Where how many times in our lives have we been told by people 
like like somebody's a jerk to us so we're a jerk back but we're the ones that get in trouble but when somebody else acts bad you just say oh that's just the way that they are and i'm the person that has to change we're now we're now in a society where people's bad behavior is being chalked up to oh that's just the way that they are or it's not that bad and it's just like i don't know just it it's very childish it's very frustrating so i don't know I don't know where I was going with that, but I just I, I, I'm tired of I'm tired of me being me my entire life having to answer for my actions and my words, and then seeing somebody in a blatant position of power not have to be accountable for their actions and their words. Uh, it's very 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 disappointing. And we just lost half our subscribers. <laughs> Maybe it's because I just had a conversation with Kyle from Bad Wolves, and you know was commending him on having the conversation he had with Danny from From Ashes to New, where. You know, they talked about some of these hard topics to talk about, you know, BLM and, you know, the presidency and, and all these kind of other things. And, you know, they didn't necessarily agree on everything, but I think that's kind of what I enjoyed about it was they didn't get into a heated argument. They just had a fucking conversation with each other about things. And I don't know. I feel like, you know, I usually cut this kind of stuff out of this, but I feel like I'm tired of being worried about people getting upset that we have an opinion on something. And like Kyle said, you know, he was kind of very much like, fuck it, I don't care, you know? And if he has that much to lose being in a bigger band, then why don't we at least try to ha start the conversations on our end? Yeah, and it's our platform. At the end of the day, as much as we all want to say, oh, we're doing this for the fans, we're doing this for the listeners, we're not. We're doing it for me and John, and it's great. It's great when people listen to it, and it's great when people agree with us. I like a high five. I like an attaboy. But that's not why I'm doing it. It's just that I have a platform, and if I feel like I have something important to say, I should say it. Even even if, you're, even if your platform is 100% opposite of mine, and I think you're an idiot for thinking it, I think you should still say it. Absolutely. Um, didn't mean to go on this long, long rant. Um, you know, I, I'm probably going to debate whether to keep it in it or not, but I think I'm going to try to... Keep something in and, and see what people think about us having a real conversation about some real shit. And uh, I'm going to stop wasting your time talking about all this. And let's get into uh, my conversation with Michael Stani of Dark Tranquility. And we'll talk to you on the other side of it. <laughs> I had the pleasure of talking to Michael Stani, vocalist of Dark Tranquility, whose upcoming album Moment comes out November 20th via Century Media Records. Um, you know, I got to say and start off with, uh, Jesus, it's been, and this makes me feel old, and I'm sure it will make you as such too, but a little over 30 years into the band's career, and you're still putting out really great material that appeases longtime fans, as well as kind of still expanding what is Dark Tranquility. How is it that... How has the Sonic journey been for you over these, you know, three decades? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. We, um, of course, that is one of the most important things, right? To to still feel challenged by it, still feel have fun doing it, still um, feel that we have something to contribute, something to offer, you know, in the in the world of heavy metal. Um, but also like it, it has to feel exciting, you know, when, uh, when, uh, we're writing and, uh, recording 
um, we got to feel excited, like, oh man, you know, eventually we're going to be on a stage playing these new songs. And if we can't find, find that, you know, then we'll keep looking, you know? So it's been four years since the last album. So <laughs> part of the reason that is that it's not really getting any easier um, mm. doing this, but, um, but it would be weird if we started just putting out stuff just so that we have something to do, you know? <laughs> We must have must have learned something throughout these thirty years, you know. So <laughs> if, if the album started to decline, then we'd be doing something wrong. So of course this is a learning um, thing, you know, like every album should be better than the last. Otherwise, what's the point, right? You know, it, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of times you see bands, especially or musicians as their career goes, and you kind of start wondering if that's really how they feel or if it's just a, like, no. you know, we have the hits and we because I mean, that's the uh, other hard thing is, you know, the, the touring industry is how a lot of musicians make their money. Sure. And if you are 30 years into a career and you're playing two hours and 18 songs are already decided because they're the hits, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, how yeah. how do you appease yourself and throw in new songs and not feel kind of bummed out when those are the bathroom break songs or whatever? And yeah, and how many times like, has that happened? Like million times. When I've been to a concert, <laughs> I go like, awesome, awesome, but I want to hear my favorite songs now. Like, yeah. hope they play it. You know, let, let's get this new album out of the way first. <laughs> well, I mean, which is how- weird, and it shouldn't be like that. I, I'm, <laughs> I like to be the guy that enjoys the new stuff more than the the old stuff. You know. Well, how is it knowing that, you know, as you just said, you as the fan even experienced that where you're like, eh, you know, I, I just kind of want to hear what I want to hear. But yeah. adversely, you're on the other side of it. And knowing that, like, it would feel like it would be kind of hard because you would almost be like, yeah, I know. I get it. I do the same thing. <laughs> of course it is. Like, yeah. I, and sometimes I'm a total hypocrite when it comes to that. <laughs> I go like, oh, come play the old stuff. And then uh, while we're putting together our set list, I go like, uh two more new songs maybe come on so it's do you it, try it to that. do it right away so at least like you're kind of getting as they always say like the spoonful of sugar after the the proverbial like you know bad medicine <laughs> so it's like get it out of the way the first and then from here on you know we got you we're gonna play the stuff you want to hear i it's a little bit but i guess we've been fortunate enough to have people who really have followed us like with each new album and it's not like we have you know, that one album that everybody wants to hear every single song from, or they only want to hear the old stuff. Um, we noticed like, and this really is like the best critique we can get that people actually want to hear the new stuff mm. a lot, you know? So normally we start a tour right on the, like the day of release of the album. We were supposed to do this this year, of course. Um, and then we try out the songs, you know, like we play maybe six or seven uh, new songs. And um, the ones that fit, that the one that the ones that feel good, we keep, and we can kind of get away with playing a lot of new songs. And I think that's a testament to, to the fact that it's still working. You know, something that's kind of interesting about this record is it's the first uh, with Chris and Johan on it. Yeah. And obviously, you guys have had some different band members kind of coming and going over the the tenure of the history of the band, but. Yep. How did you find having those two kind of bring in new blood into the band? And, you know, kind of the follow-up question is, do you feel that having new members kind of throughout the career is actually what has led you to maintain a three decades long career at this point? Finding like, yeah, there was a time where we were frustrated and uh, it felt weird that we didn't know uh, where to go, like with, with new members. And then we talked to Chris. He was living in New York at the time. Uh, and we're like, hey, 
haven't seen you in a in forever. You know, we had we toured a lot with Arch Enemy back in the day, but we hadn't seen him. And we asked him like, "Do you want to join us for at least a couple of festivals? You know, in Europe?" And he was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, let's do that." <laughs> and then Nicholas, when he decided like, "Yeah, I don't want to tour anymore," um, then he suggested Johan um, because he'd worked on covers for his some of his uh, albums, and and then just and we started rehearsing. And everything just felt right immediately. You know, we come from the same kind of musical background. Uh, we're about the same age. Um, we have a lot of like similar experiences in music. So it, after a couple of weeks on tour, we were like, this is how it feels like it, this is the way it's always been. You know, it right. felt so familiar yet new. Um, so the fit is perfect you know it, it couldn't have uh, asked for better cooler people and better guitar players so um so i don't know like we pretty much a stable lineup for more than 20 years so i, I don't know if if changing members is the key but it certainly helps at least for enthusiasm and kind of like feeling that kind of new vibe i don't like musically we're kind of conservative and we kind of stick to to what we like and what we know uh, and it's still Anders and Martin that writes most of the material, even though maybe before it was Nicholas and Martin. But um, so it it still retains the same kind of vibe. So so the the challenge is rather to to mm. get in new people to re, uh, really understand what we're doing and kind of hold them back a little bit because they are incredible musicians. You want to shred all over the place. And you go like, no, 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 no. Dark Tranquility now. Like, easy, easy, easy. <laughs> so, so, but, it, but it's been amazing. Just um, writing an album together with, with people who, who known us forever, but are now kind of in it and mm. trying to figure out, you know, where it, they fit in has been a lot of fun. And fortunately, we had a lot of time to do that. You know, a lot of time in the studio, um, we could kind of extend and push the release a little bit just because, yeah, we're not going to tour anyways. We might as well release a little later so we can work on it a bit more. And we did. So, and I, I love the fact that we actually could do that. Yeah, it's just kind of interesting. Like, you know, now we're seeing... You know, with some of the various bands, you know, like with Jesse rejoining Killswitch, you know, you heard a lot about how the band had been slogging it out for a decade plus and having Jesse yeah. come in and see everything with a fresh perspective really reinvigorated yeah. the band or even having, mm. you know, some of the younger people who are joining some of these older legacy bands yeah. and you're seeing them go like, dude, you know what? I fucking love this song. We need to play this song. And someone's yeah. like, I haven't played that in like 20 years. Like, and it, it reinvigorates even the the love of the old music or the catalog. So it's, you know, it kind of sounds like almost a negative thing of like saying, like, does it, you know, make the band be able to maintain a three decades long career? But it's more of the what it does in a positive sense. And almost like you're saying where it's like, yeah, it, losing anybody is never a, a nice thing or a fun thing. But sometimes the results, you know, of kind of going like, shit, yeah, I forgot about this great song I wrote or we didn't haven't played in 20 years. And maybe Chris is coming in going like, dude, I want to get my hands on this. I want to play this live. And it really yeah. makes you all get excited about material. Maybe that's kind of fallen by the wayside or that you've kind of forgotten about. No, it's absolutely true. And, and Johan has known us. He knows all, all the songs better than we do. <laughs> so you go like, oh, yeah, this sounds like that song. And I was like, what song? Oh, the fourth song on your third album. What? All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and, but, but also, I think more than anything, like their level of musicianship has really raised the, the, the bar for mm. us as well. So, Anders is playing way better. 
the other Anders is playing way better, and me and Martin are really, really pushing it because now the like the overall musician musical level is higher because of Johan and Chris, and that's been an amazing thing. Everybody plays way better than uh, we've ever done. So we're like as a live band, I think we a lot of things happen when they join. <laughs> You know, kind of speaking a little bit more to the album from the artwork perspective, you know, I feel like, you know, especially the last, excuse me, the last two have visually been interesting, like pieces of art, basically, for your album artwork. And for this one, for moments, you know, I feel like it's, no pun intended, uh, literally kind of taking someone, taking a moment around, I don't want to say nothingness, because there's obviously a lot going on around them. But I also don't want to use the word chaos, which is kind of the first word that comes to mind. No. But no. what does the album artwork mean to you when you see it? And how do you feel it encapsulates the music that's contained within? Well, the idea was at first, like uh, when I started thinking about a, a title for the album, um, Moment was kind of like the, this kind of unifying thing where I, I wanted the, the song or the album's, album to be about decisions and this and choices um and how they affect us and where we go like the different directions we take the different paths we go down and and that uh, and how the past um informs you know the choices you make for for whatever future and and what can happen in in that singular moment where kind of everything can change and and go a new direction um so then I started talking to Nicholas about like, oh, how, how do you feel about like, what, what do you want to do this time on a cover? And, and he was like, I have no idea, but okay, give me, you know, send me some lyrics and some ideas. Um, and that was it. And then he sent me back some, some photos and pictures that, you know, online pictures, just like general ideas. And then we started kind of riffing and talking about around that. And, and the whole idea of like a, the singular kind of moment where you kind of see things for what they truly are mm-hmm. in a, in a strange and uh, environment, you know, um, was kind of like started. And then, um, then he started like building this really weird alien looking weird world. And uh, we kind of scaled that back and we changed the color scheme. Um, but it, it, it really feels like, yeah, you're, you're seeing like, wow, finally I, I, I get it. You know, I understand it or I could see it in a different way because of things that I've learned, things that I now understand. And finally things, become clearer in a way um and some of the songs have have dealt with that kind of like wanting to kind of find a revelation an epiphany or something like that that really changes the way you uh behave think act all that stuff and um i think you know nicholas i've known since i was six years old (laughs) so he he knows you know we have the share the same kind of sensibilities when it comes to stuff but i'm always constantly amazed of, of you know of how he interprets stuff and how he interprets the lyrics and the songs and, and how he kind of makes it all fit somehow you know you know something i was kind of thinking about and oddly enough a friend of mine just literally texted me before i uh, started doing this uh, yeah. from a video from let's say i just turned 36 so 11 years ago uh when a friend of ours was trying to get cast on like some kind of reality show of some sort okay and to see just turned 25 me and hearing what mm-hmm. I'm talking about and the experiences I've gone through is just kind of very interesting and uh, very nostalgic um, last yeah. couple of days for me. And it kind of has made me wonder what does dark tranquility mean to you now versus what it meant 
when you started like with the original concept of i want to start this band and i want to maybe as the vocalist or whatever i want to put out this message what does the band mean to you now well in the beginning it was just kind of breaking free from expectations you know and Mm. being free of of what your parents and society kind of expects of you being like as different as possible from from what your your parents wanted you to be or what you know your um the people in school were wanted to do um and that became an identity you know uh kind of an outsider identity that that we really embraced like being into the most underground weird stuff like meant that we could just be a little you know club of our own that uh, when we didn't have to care about any uh, anyone else just mm-hmm. us and that kind of that small clique of friends kind of grew into like a yeah scene here in Gothenburg mm-hmm. um so now and, and of course like this happened when I was 16 17 <laughs> and you know very impressionable <laughs> at that age and <laughs> and, it, and it it kind of becomes your such a big part of your personality and your life um, so the band was it, you know, that, that's what I do, you know, I'm that guy in the band, you know? So of course that, 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 that becomes weird 30 years later, you know, it's like, are you just, is that all you do? But I think for, for me, it's, it's an outlet, you know, it's something that, um, gives me the opportunity to, to write about all the things that I'm angry about, frustrated about, um, and it gives me a, a, an opportunity to talk about it and but also communicate something you know to people in a, in a in a way that you cannot do in any other format you know being on stage and communicating to a crowd being like um like writing something that you have no idea what it's going to be but eventually like we all come together to 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 create something that we can be super proud of and uh it's, it's that that's what it means to me just like that creative part and that kind of community i think is super important like meeting fans like be at shows festivals the whole kind of metal experience i think um i would be part of that anyway you know (laughs) but being like from a band perspective uh, means that um you can do it even more and and that's what i love so as much as i am a like you know stay at home dad more (laughs) more or less than you know like a family guy um metal and music and the band is ever present like it's always there it's it's and i don't even think what it means it just it is Mm. just a huge part of me like uh, and i uh, i wouldn't even imagine like (laughs) not doing it you know so it's interesting because sometimes you kind of get wrapped up in especially like i was saying like at 25 i thought i knew everything and yeah oh yeah tell me anything no but now here I am, you know, 11 years older, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. you know, about what my life will be like when I'm 40 in a couple of years, and then when I'm 50. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you start thinking, and especially now that I've, my wife and I have traveled a lot more and seeing more of the yeah. world, it's kind of informed me of more of things in general. And yeah. so the concept when you start, usually I, I tend to find when you think about being a band, it is kind of a rebellious thing, and it's just an outlet. Yeah. But yeah. then, unfor- maybe unfortunately, 
as you start going and having a career, then you have to start looking into finances and marketing and, and all these things that you yeah. were never a part of, of the dream of being a musician, but becomes a mm -hmm. part of it. And then subsequently, I don't see how it can't not change you because then you start looking at relationships potentially as are people interested in getting to know me or are they using me because of what they think I can offer them? And it just completely, I feel like changes the, per the perspective of how you view people and relationships and so forth. And there's just so much to it that I feel like a 30 year career, obviously it, I feel like it would mean something completely different. Like you were explaining than it did of just, I wanted to play shows and hang out with my friends. Yeah, you. Yeah, it, it is weird because sometimes you just like you just that one guy who goes to work or whatever. But then also like you have the other, you're the guy in the band, you know. So you have like two different roles, and of course, like things happen just because you're in a band here in Sweden, and and people know me, you know. But I, I, that's not something I look for or anything. But that that happens, and it. Sure, it kind of maybe opens the door here and there, but other than that, it's just um, I feel like it's, it's a positive, super cool vibe um, here in town, at least, or at shows and festivals. That um, just means that you know there's a lot of respect for musicians. Everybody is a musician here in town. Like this is kind of crazy, um, all kinds of you know uh, genres. But um, I, yeah, it. it feels weird like maybe part of you know who you are got lost somewhere along the way just because this has taken up so much time and um thought you know mm. over the years um that you kind of forget what, what maybe what you wanted to do in the first place when you were 20 you know this <laughs> right. just became everything like really really everything you know it was sort of interesting as my co-host and i were talking about this record and kind of formulate like kind of getting some questions because he, he obviously isn't here with us. Um, yeah. But just trying to get some of his questions out and just kind of brainstorming an overall narrative. Mm. Um, you know, he kind of brought up something interesting in the fact that, you know, the beginning part of the band's career kind of was more darker and kind of more gothic imagery. Whereas now it seems like, and you kind of hinted at it a little bit uh, when talking about the album art, where it seems like now you're leaning kind of more towards sort of sci-fi atmospheric stuff within the music and some of your lyrics and so forth, what has kind of led to that shift uh, over the, over the time, or is it something that's just kind of slowly happened? I, I guess that it slowly happened. And it's just a matter of like finding um, uh, a new perspective on, on writing. Um, I can, I find myself like writing about the same things over and over, but as I learn things and I, you know, have new experiences, I can at least change the way I express it, or um, I could talk about it in a different way. Maybe I've, you know, learned something along the way that, that informs <laughs> my uh, wording and the, the way I um, write it. But um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I just I, I like to to at least feel different. I wanted to to feel like a, a fresh take on something that maybe I've, I've written about before, or they are totally new experiences, but I keep using the same um, language. Um, hmm. And of course, you know, especially in the early days, we were um, naive, um, overly ambitious, and, and <laughs> <laughs> wrote about things that we have no idea 
no concept of knowing anything about. Uh, whereas now you can stick to reality in a in a different way, um, and things matter to you way more because there are stakes now that weren't when you were young. It was just like fuck it, let's do anything. Who cares? <laughs> Go nuts. And now now things really matter to you. And and then especially yeah, be, you know, uh, being older, really realizing that you know what truly is important to you, what truly matters, that kind of thing. Like I I wanted to write about those things, and I want write about it, like under trying to understand what's going on in the world like how why do we do the things that we do like why do we act the way we do uh like kind of thing what's the underlying kind of cause for for all this um those things interest me and sometimes i, I could take like this yeah this use perspective like what's going on globally universally you know it's not science fiction by any means but it's still kind of like you you take this um yeah different view on 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 who we are and what we're doing here um and it and it's nice to have that perspective sometimes sometimes because yeah we we are not the most important thing here you know it's a concept that a lot of people still seem to struggle to grasp at times yep you know didn't really have a couldn't kind of find my way through this question so forgive the meandering of it but uh you know the other thing like Ohis and I were talking about is that you know you're kind of known for the the more non-clean singing that you do yeah but you have a great voice and you've showcased it pretty much your entire career is it still yeah. kind of something is it still kind of interesting to you that maybe people are su so surprised when you showcase those elements in the music that it's still all these years later still something that people are like wow i didn't i forget michael has that great of a, a singing voice <laughs> uh, i i don't know it just I, i've always had like a bit of an issue not issue with it in the beginning it was fun just because no one else was doing it right you know like uh, on Skydancer, like in 92, when we recorded that, like no one was really doing that. And we thought it was, you know, a challenge to to do it right. We want, we wrote some songs that we felt like, oh, this goes way outside of the norm of death metal, but that's the whole point. Um, and and we were just excited to try things out, you know, as a, as a young uh, band, you know. Um, and then it kind of became the norm in a lot of like metal. And then I kind of lost interest in it because like, if everybody's doing it, why should we <laughs> That right. kind of thing? And, and also I, I love the intensity of death metal, thrash, speed metal, you know, black metal. That's what I love. You know, I, I love the expression of that. And that's the main thing for us. You know, we have very melodic songs, but you can also uh, express that in a, in a very powerful way. If you're screaming your lungs out to something that, <laughs> you know, a melody that kind of catches you. Um, and singing, fine, 200 million bands do that. You know, I think, you know, what, what makes us special from the beginning at least is, is the way the music and the intensity kind of matches in a way. I, um, so, and also I don't want to use it just because it's more accessible. You know, mm -hmm. I, if we do only the clean choruses and super heavy verses, then that's what, uh, all the other bands are doing and i i don't find that that interesting you know not for us <laughs> so so finding like the, the right balance where we can use it to heighten something to enhance a song to to make sure that it's there for the right reasons and not for 
just you know ease of easy listening whatever <laughs> it, it, it yeah doesn't make any sense to me um we don't it's not this music is not radio friendly to begin with <laughs> and and trying to make it that uh, it's a fool's errand there are more radio friendly bands that that can do that so uh, it, but it, it of course it the way when when we're in the studio you know you start like we, and we start working on a chorus and and we feel like oh this is this is good like this is melodic this is nice you know um and it's 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 easy to kind of yeah go let that overtake it but it shouldn't you know it should be there to kind of suit but i think from this on this album actually we decided like let's do some more clean choruses just because the material we had kind of lend itself to it mm-hmm. and um so it was it was a lot of fun and a lot of um experimentation that led into to the writing of these songs and we wanted to change it up a little bit from atoma even though like structurally some of the songs are very similar but so then we decided to change up the vocal um uh, parts okay. a little bit and and um and the way they are kind of spread out throughout the songs you know something and i i don't know if you get asked this question a lot um but you know kind of thinking the thing that was kind of interesting as I was kind of forming questions is I, I felt like I wanted to talk about the history of the band and the legacy of the band because I've not really had the opportunity to talk to so many bands that have been around for as long as you have. So, you know, and like we've kind of been hinting at, um, you know, still putting out music, still expanding who and what you are to the fans. But a part of the story that inevitably always gets brought up whenever either you're talking to other Dark dark Tranquility fans or someone's just getting into the band and you're showing it to somebody else is the narrative of, oh, well, you know, the Inflames connection, basically, and how you guys used to write and, you know, always touring and stuff like that way back in the day. And it just makes me wonder if all these years later, if that... And, and I don't know if narrative now is the right word I want to use, but basically just always kind of, I don't know if it's a big brother kind of band, if it's just friends or if it's whatever, but does it get kind of old maybe uh, to always seemingly just be linked to this band forever? Um, given the fact that you both have kind of gone and had these long lasting careers because you don't hear of that really anymore like i I can't sit there i don't hear stories especially and i'm using van halen as the example you don't hear of stories of like oh well when van halen was coming up they used to have this person in the band or they used to play with these guys or whatever not to the same effect of the way that i always do with inflames and you guys it's true i yeah we we are kind of forever linked just because of our connection early on um how I sang on the first In Flames album and Anders sang on the first Dr. Quigley album. Of, and this is still a cause of for great uh, confusion <laughs> for some reason. Um, but, uh, and yeah, we toured together. We are friends and, you know, we grew up together in the same uh, area outside of town. Um, so, of course, it, it's obvious. Um, and And I'm okay with that. That's fine. It just... It becomes a little bit old because there's not much to say about it anymore. Like because we've gone very <laughs> in very different directions. Yes. Um, so I don't think it it's it's not relevant. But of course, you know, you you do make comparisons. Like that's how people work. You know how how you go like oh, yeah, I like this band better than that band. And if there is a link somehow, and we, there are many between the two of us, um, then. 
you will use that, that as some kind of reference or, you know, this is better than that or uh, the guitar player is better than that band, that kind of stuff. And yeah, so I, I'm okay with it. It doesn't change anything. And, and sometimes, you know, questions about it tend to be um, uninspired. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, what do you think of the last uh, other band's albums? And it's like, well, doesn't matter, but hey, I'm a huge fan. I love it, you know. And then, and it's the same with, of course, at the gates as well. Even though we haven't shared any members together, but we still kind of grew up together. So obviously, there's a huge connection there as well. So, and I don't mind talking about you know my friends and the awesome bands that are from this town. It's fine, but sometimes, sometimes the, just the direct comparison seem maybe they were they meant something in the '90s, but they really right. don't anymore. Yeah. It's just like it's just weird. Like I said, I, I've never come across it. And like you said, the cross pollination, cross pollen, pollination, whatever. I'm gonna let that word go. Uh, I know uh, what you mean. <laughs> yeah, but basically because of how incestuous, basically the yeah, yeah. the members and everything in your earlier careers were, I totally get it. But like I said, it's still weird. Fuck, like twenty plus some odd years later, that people yeah. are. It, it's such a still a talking point, and I just yeah. That's the part of it I've never really heard anybody on either side really talk about now. It's just like, mm. is it kind of like a, uh, I kind of wish like that never happens kind of a deal. Like, cause I'm so over talking about it and just, yeah, it's not, that, it's not that bad. It, it, it can be. And I, I think it's, it's more, sometimes fans will, will do it, especially, you know, on, on like forum posts and, uh, you know, comments on Facebook, whatever. And it's just, yeah. Then, then I, it, it seems like it's, it's more negative than positive. It's not like, well, I love all these things. It's just like a negative uh, comparison, and and that's it's kind of boring, but fine. One <laughs> of the last questions I have for you: uh, you kind of were just saying a little bit ago that usually by now you would be touring uh, in support of the new record and playing the new yeah. songs out live. Given the global pandemic that we're basically in, uh, that's affected <laughs> everybody and and especially the touring industry. Yeah. What are your plans uh, to celebrate this release? We are we're gonna like do a a release show like on the day of release or the day after or something like that and just you know play the entire album and stream it and make sure um, everybody can see what we had planned for <laughs> for a tour and and I, I think the idea is we want to be ready so we we're gonna plan everything like just make sure that the day everything kind of opens up again there won't be a day but you know as soon as as that's works again then we'll be ready to to head out and uh so we so we're going to do that um then we'll see maybe we do more of this we have a lot of shows planned and booked um but i was going to see on the tour coming here in the states and that obviously isn't happening (laughs) no right now no and but we're working right now to to kind of reschedule some of that um for late last year late next year but who knows um like we have shows in February even. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see. Uh, it's then, weird, uh, but, but you got to be there. Like we got to book it, you yeah. know, otherwise someone else will. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, last question for you. Where can everyone find you or the band online? Well, this is Uh I'm Mikkel Stane at, you know, Twitter. Um, check us. Yeah. Dr. Quilly on Facebook, all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, there's yeah we got a, some cool stuff coming up. We have a new video coming up in two weeks, I think, from now that we just shot. The album's coming out on November. And then there will be a live stream concert. That's going to be great, and we're just preparing for that right now. And it's 
it's great to actually play together, <laughs> <laughs> like be in a room and play music. Haven't done that in a while. So it's it's awesome. And it's going to be great to be on the stage. Like even though no, one's, like, no one is there in the room with us, at least we're going to be on the stage. Well, thank you very much wait. for... Thank you very much for taking the time and, and uh, sharing my That's lunch my with me. <laughs> and enjoy the rest of your evening. Cheers. That was my conversation with Michael Stani of Dark Tranquility, whose album Moment will be out November 20th. So still lots of time to pre-order that record if you haven't already. Um, yeah, so <laughs> uh, that inflames question uh, toward the end. Um, you know, I was a little bit trepidatious in asking it, but in a little bit of my research and, you know, looking up some of the stuff that Michael has kind of done over his career and, you know, some of Dark Tranquility's career as a whole, you know, I, I kept seeing, uh, you know, the references to in flames and it just really got me thinking like i really haven't seen another band be so tied to another band when they each have their own long lasting careers and have done what they've done and kind of gone in the different directions that they have and it, the more i thought about it i was like i wonder if like he as the person in the band is kind of tired of that narrative running through or congruently with his own band yeah no doubt it's it's absolutely um it's it's absolutely played out, but I think I think the question I think he answered it very definitively. Like if anybody listens to this podcast, no one's ever going to ask me that question again. And it really is just like, dude, it was this many years ago, and we don't sound the same. But still, well, they all yeah, they all came from the same scene, the same town. Of course, they're harvesting members from from each other. Like that's just the way that's just the way that it was, or maybe still is to a degree. Um, and I don't even think he had any animosity towards in flames or anything like that but it was just one of those like at what point do we get to just start doing the thing that we do and and it just be what it is because of what it is <laughs> yeah i agree with that um you know i'm kind of wondering do you think dark tranquility could have ever achieved the same success that in flames has had probably not and i'm just being honest um maybe maybe they did it one time yeah, and this is going to sound really mean, but like uh, probably when the bands were kind of more or less on the same stage level, as far as um, In Flames as a band, uh, uh, yeah, I mean because In Flames is a band that could come here to the states and play a re play an arena. Dark Tranquility, while could still play a big show and 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 have a lot of other really good bands, In Flames can go can go play a mainstream set, and Dark Tranquility doesn't have a mainstream set. And that's not a slam to them. Somebody that's a more of a metal elitist like me, I'm going to go to that Dark Tranquility show every time, and I'm not going to I'm not going to pay sixty to seventy bucks to go see In Flames. You know, <laughs> not even if the band were to play some of its old material. Well, <laughs> I guess they probably are actually still playing the old material, especially after re-releasing Clayman. You know, actually, I have um, seen In Flames because here's the thing: In Flames that recorded Clayman is not the same In Flames that re-recorded songs off Clayman. And that's dreadfully apparent. So I have seen, I have actually witnessed In Flames playing songs that I wanted to hear badly. So I think in a way that's so. But yeah, it's not it's not In Flames bashing session. But um, we did exactly we did exactly the thing on that episode that that we that Michael was irritated about uh, with the <laughs> with the questions. So you know that might actually be why that question also kind of was in the the forefront of my mind when doing this interview and prepping for it is because you know obviously you I know you're sort of disdain for where in flames ended up and your love of dark tranquility so uh, you know maybe there is that um kind of shifting gears a little bit so we're not just beating the dead horse uh if you watch the video for this of me talking to michael uh i very much uh couldn't help but notice how that motherfucker hasn't aged 
Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, I feel the same way about Barney from Napalm Death. Like, that dude looks younger than he did 20 years ago. It might be just me, but I thought he kind of looked like a more metal version of Chad Kroger from Nickelback. Absolutely he does. Yep, I've always thought that. All that aside, we should start wrapping up this episode. I'm sure we've uh, kind of pissed some people off with our intro, and you know we don't want to have another like 12, 15 minute long uh, outro to accompany this, and you know be talking longer than the interview is. So if you would like to keep up with Dark Tranquility, it's simple enough. Go to Facebook at DT Official, Instagram at Dark Tranquility Official, and Twitter at DT Official as well. If you would like to keep up with Michael, Instagram and Twitter at M I K L S T N E. Simple enough. And uh, speaking of simple enough, Dan can tell you where he can be found on the internet as well and probably having a beer and talking about twitch or doom or something else it's entirely possible uh you can go over to discussmetal.com for my other podcasts uh discuss metal and discography discussion uh you can find me on twitch uh twitch.tv slash discuss metal dan uh i stream a few times a week uh to, uh, Mondays and Thursdays, but I might be doing more than that. We'll just see how that goes. Uh, you can also send me an email at discussmetaldan at gmail.com, and I am on Twitter at discussmetaldan. And for all things this podcast, it's simple enough. Just go to our home at brewspeakpod.com. Anything and everything you will possibly want to know about this podcast, you will find there. Uh, keep up with our latest episodes. Uh, head on over to our YouTube channel, though. We're trying to grow that. We're trying to gain as many subscribers as we can. We're still doing the contest. Uh, once we hit 300 subscribers, uh, we will give away a Wawa gift card. If you live near a Wawa, that is, uh, as well as the 10% off uh, over at enjoytheriderecords.com. And uh, if you would like to check out the youtube there is a video version of uh michael and i actually talking to each other so you can watch us uh having this conversation if you're into that and while you're on our website you will also notice that we have sponsors so we would like to thank the bean bastard for being a sponsor head on over to thebeanbastard.com pick up some delicious coffee facebook and instagram at the bean bastard i uh, also want to shout out on point palmade go to onpointpalmade.com use our code bsp15 and save yourself 15 percent off your total purchase order keep your beard and hair looking great holidays are right around the corner so you know you're going to get a lot of photos taken so make sure you're looking as best as you can and uh, last but not at least rockabilia.com they have over 500,000 items in their online store all of it 100 officially percent licensed through the bands and the you know people who own the uh, the ip and all that kind of stuff so you never have to worry about the integrity of the products that you're buying uh not like some of these knockoff sites like ebay and so forth where you know you see a photo of a shirt that looks awesome and then you get it and you wash it once and it rips and it looks like shit like don't have to worry about any of that and uh, we're actually gonna have frankie uh the guy who runs rockabilia on our live cast this upcoming wednesday so come and hang out with us maybe talk about some of your favorite band t-shirts that you have some of your uh, favorite merch that you've bought and uh maybe some of the worst merch uh if you can recall any of that and while you're shopping over at rockabilly make sure to use our code brew 15 and take 15 percent off your total purchase order lets them know that we are sending you guys over there uh so thank you to all of our sponsors and thank you for checking out this episode of the podcast and for the brutally speaking podcast i am john and i am dan and come join us on wednesday as we talk to frankie from rockabilly we'll see you then